everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success, and I think today's conversation is really going to dive into the spirituality, personal growth, and business success of how do you come together with my guest, Pam Savino. Pam uh, has founded Live Authentically, which is really uh, designed to help others find their voice, speak their truth, live authentically as they go through the transformative transformative events of life. She helps them find their truths and inner strengths to live fully. She helps them see learning and knowledge in their challenges. And she works with a lot of businesses. And we're going to jump into our conversation today about, you know, how do you align energy? I mean, one of the quotes that I love about this is like one one energetically aligned person can accomplish more in one year than someone who is not aligned who can accomplish in a hundred. And so what does that mean? We're going to dive into that understanding. What is energy? What does death mean to her? What does spirituality mean to her? Uh, So without further ado, I know you're going to enjoy our show. Well, Pam, thank you so much for being here today. We're super excited to have you as a guest. Um, I got a chance to uh, obviously visit with you on your podcast. And I loved our conversation. So I, I wanted to welcome uh, the favor here. So uh, welcome to Business Meets Spirituality. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, thank you. I want to start with um, what is the difference between noticing and awareness? That's such a great question uh, to kick this off. Um, I believe that awareness is noticing at a deeper level. So noticing magnified, amplified. So awareness to me means being present being fully immersed in the moment, taking in all of uh, the sound sensations, et cetera, and reflecting. So going even deeper and asking yourself, you know, what can I learn about myself? What is this trying to tell me? What is this teaching me? Yeah, that's awesome. So how do you, how does one begin that practice? They're like, Hey, you know what? I've most people that's listening here have um, some knowledge of, okay, I have awareness. I've um, I'm starting to notice where do people start? I believe the best place to start, or at least the place that I started that worked well for me was appreciation. So just sitting, taking a moment and, you know, appreciating. And this is something that I do every day, all throughout the day. And it really does help me to live in the present. And this isn't something that I, I've always known how to do, by the way, you know, I've experienced overwhelm and stress and all of that. And, you know, what always brings me back to the present moment makes me fully aware is just looking at the world through the lenses of awe and wonderment and just, you know, appreciating, for example, if I'm having a meal, you know, appreciating what went into the preparation of the meal. I mean, not just in the kitchen, but going, you know, backtracking to the grocery store, the efforts of all the people who, you know, made it possible to, to bring the you know, food to the grocery store, backing, backing it up from there, the farmers, et cetera. And so we can do that all throughout the day. And, that really does shift us into the present moment and makes us fully aware and helps us understand that life really is a miracle. I mean, every single day is just, you know, a miracle. And I believe it's all divinely orchestrated. And, you know, it really does, again, just help to deepen, deepen the human experience. Yeah. I love that. When you start to notice, does that mean that you won't feel things? Does that mean you won't see things? What is, when somebody's kind of thinking about that is like, well, you know, I'm noticing, but I'm, I'm still experiencing all of these emotions. Can you unpack that for us? Yeah, of course. Um, welcoming the emotions is a really important part of the process. Yeah. So, you know, I would encourage people as they start to recognize emotions to honor those and sit with those yeah. and then realize from that point, if they're negative emotions like fear or blame or shame or grief or any of those negative emotions, you know, that we always have a choice. And so we want to first have awareness 
you know, bring that, that, that contrast serves us. So when we experience that, you know, and say, you know what, I have a choice. I have a choice. Do I stay stuck in this feeling that doesn't make me feel good or do I choose to move out of it? And I think that, you know, emotions are here to serve us. And that really is the first step in the process. How do um, emotions serve us? Emotions serve us because, well, a couple of things. Well, one is they tie into the, my belief system, which is rooted in metaphysics. It's rooted in the laws of the universe and emotion. Everything in our universe has a vibration associated with it. So a certain energy, a certain frequency that broadcasts. And so our human experience, the quality of our human experience is dictated by, it is guided by those emotions. And therefore, and we attract what we are. So, you know, if we truly believe that life is an echo, law of attraction gives us more of what we put out there, then it's always in our best interest to choose a, an, an emotion that feels better. So um, they're, they're there to serve us. And again, to show us the contrast. I'm such a firm believer that contrast in life, you know, we, it, it serves us. So we can't truly fully enjoy and appreciate success if we've experienced if we haven't experienced failure we can't truly enjoy and appreciate happiness unless we've truly experienced sadness so it brings it kind of it shows us the spectrum it shows that's you know it shows us the fullness the range of our humanity and that's really what we're here for you know we're here on this earth to experience different things and and it helps us make more conscious decisions so for example when we feel negative emotions negative emotions never really feel good, right? We don't feel good when we're angry. We don't feel good when we're, you know, when we're frustrated, when we're stressed, when we're overwhelmed, when we're burnt out. But again, that brings awareness. And you can say that helps us turn the unconscious into conscious. So, you know what? I don't like how that made me feel. So therefore I'm going to choose, I'm going to consciously choose in this moment, something that makes me feel better. So I can, you know, feel better in the moment and attract better. That was well said. Thank you. When you talk about, um, you know, emotions serving us and being aware of the emotions, is that more um, referring to, especially the, as it relates to the contrast of things, like you were a firm believer of that. I, you said that um, before uh, when you and I were doing that, I was thinking about the contrast. Is it is it more because you are in there experiencing all sides of this. So it's almost kind of taking away whether I like or dislike something and actually just fully experiencing the low vibrations of your heart, the high vibrations of your heart. There's challenging events, there's uplifting events, there's rattlesnakes and there's butterflies. And so that contrast is, is the way you're kind of describing it is more of just a way of sitting back and experiencing the beauty of every moment, regardless of if it's good or bad in, in the mind's view. Yeah. Yeah, the whole goal is to observe and experience the emotion without judgment. Yes. And so that is really the best place to be is if we can try to sit back and detach ourselves, that's where suffering comes from. It comes from attachment mm -hmm. when we cling on to things or when we resist things, but when we just relax and flow and allow and become a silent observer in our own human experience. And rather than judge and say, oh, I shouldn't be feeling that, that way, or I should be further along. I mean, whenever we're not processing life as it is, regardless of what's going on in front of us, even, even in the face of adversity, in the face of really challenging emotions, we're causing resistance. We're keeping ourselves stuck in suffering. So, you know, we can just get curious instead, instead of resisting it and fighting against it and pushing against it, we can just get curious and say, hmm, I wonder what this experience is trying to teach me. I wonder what I can learn from this. I wonder when, you know, when my child did something this morning that really frustrated me, 
So that, that triggered something within me. So I wonder what's, what's behind that. Right. And generally with it's, if it's something, if it's more of like a defensive emotion, then there's something more vulnerable underneath that. And I do that all the time. You know, I do that throughout the day. My goal is to get to a place of peace all throughout the day, but that's not realistic. And that's really not the ultimate goal. Cause if we weren't experiencing again, the range of human emotions, we wouldn't be learning and growing. And so, you know, I do, I have those in those moments, for example, like with my kids, I'll, you know, I'll sit down and talk to them about it. And I'll say, not all the time. I would say, (laughs) oh yes, this is how I parent. It's just so smooth. No, but you know, in all seriousness, you know, I do, I take time to reflect and ask, you know, why did this trigger me? And then the, and if things keep coming back, if we keep experiencing repetition and keep seeing patterns, then the universe is trying to show us that there's still a part of us that's unhealed and will keep giving us those situations until we do make it conscious. Yeah, I love that. What does it mean to sit with an emotion? To sit with an emotion to me means to honor it and to accept it, <clears throat> to really accept it and to fully integrate it and allow us that time and space uh, to, to really to sit with it and go deep. Cause I firmly believe that if we just try to push through it, sweep it under the rug, it's going to come back at some point where it's kind of kicking the can and it's, it's, it's still, it's still there. It doesn't so feel good all the time to sit with it. Correct. No, correct. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It does not feel good to sit with, right. Like sadness or grief mm-hmm. or regret or guilt. It doesn't, but again, that really highlights, okay. Sitting with it, accepting it, noticing, really being aware of how I feel, right? I mean, you think about how you feel at some of your most challenging moments when you were stressed or when you're angry, it doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't feel good on any level, emotionally, physically, you know, physically, physiologically, our body tenses up, we experience certain, it, it doesn't feel good. But if you pay attention then to how we feel when we're feeling peace or joy or ease or happiness or elation, whatever it is, we know that that feels amazing. So again, it's there, it's there to serve us. And then we can make a choice. I am so big on that. You know, we can make a choice in every single moment to move out of that place of, I always talk about the difference between, you know, you know, suffering and then getting into that state of flow where we accept. And, you know, we have, we always have a choice to move out of those lower vibrational emotions and choose different for ourselves. It's just that the issue is that, you know, we're not conditioned that way. You know, this isn't the vast majority of people. And I say this with no judgment aren't even aware that they have the true power within them. I believe that's something we all have the power, you know, our power is in the now we can connect to a source of energy greater than who we are. You know, we can tap into that universal energy at any moment, any one of us can do that. And that's a big part of why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, just to help us harness our true power. You know, we are all just so immensely powerful way beyond what we can even comprehend. Um, But I believe that most people just haven't been, presented with the toolkit, right? Kind of that uh, energetic, spiritual, metaphysical, whatever you want to call it, you know, toolkit to, you know, to help them heal themselves. What is the first step if people are not aware of, you know, even aware that they're Velcroed or what, what voice or what thought or how to sit with an emotion? Um, where would people start? Like, what's the first domino that they kick off? Yeah, when I... Um, when I coach people, the first question I like to kick off with is, what do you truly want? Because I think when we anchor on that, you know, what do we truly want? You know, do we want, what do we want more of? What do we want less of? Then that helps people to 
think at a deeper level. Because I believe that oftentimes people end up in this, you know, the drift, the unconscious mode, just going through the motions. I was there. I spent, you know, several years there just kind of going through the motions, thinking this is just the way life is. It's just stress. This is adulting. Accept it. You know, you know, people are stressed and exhausted and rushed and it's frustrating. And as long as I got through the day, more or less, okay, then I'll just get up again and slay tomorrow. And that's the unconscious reality. And I didn't feel good when I was in that mode. And so when I started asking myself, you know, what do I truly want? Sometimes they're, you know, physical world mm-hmm. things, sure. right? Yeah. And sometimes they're not, sometimes they're states of being. Yeah. But until you ask yourself that question, it's hard to identify because again, we're going through life unconsciously, just kind of checking boxes, going through the day. And, and I think it's important to, I call it zooming out. So zoom out and take a, you know, take a look, a look at your life from a different perspective. What was the trigger point for you going through for years of kind of that, um, if you will, that just a hamster on the wheel. And then all of a sudden a point came up and you go, this just isn't working for me. It's not working for me or my partner. Um, And then you navigated a very amicable, conscious divorce. And so I'd love for you to talk to uh, our listeners about both of those points. Yeah, I sure will. And actually, I'd love to rewind back to 2005 because this was really the catalyst of my spiritual journey. This was what I call my rock bottom experience. And I believe that, you know, when people bark and embark on these journeys, you know, they're for a number of different reasons. Sometimes it could just be, you know, a song lyric inspired them, but in many cases, it's a rock bottom moment. And in 2005, I lost a baby unexpectedly at the end of the third trimester. And that for me was the, the event that stripped me to my core. You know, it had um, really, it just, you know, the rug was pulled out from under me every belief I had ever known was in question. You know, I was up until three o'clock in the morning talking to God, wondering, is there a God on Google? Why did this happen? I was just so, I was just, you know, whirling to be honest with you. And I had to rebuild myself physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. You know, I was again, stripped to the core. I was, I felt hopeless, despondent. I mean, there were days where I never thought I would smile again, to be honest with you. And so I had a one and a half year old daughter at the time. So I had no choice other than to, you know, get up every day and take care of her. But I was still very steeped in grief and loss for a long time. Um, But that really started the process of my spiritual awakening. And I talk about that experience openly because first of all, that's a big piece of being authentic. You know, this is part of my story. You know, it's a painful part of my story. And I could just say, well, that was you know, 17 years ago, that's just, that's not where I am now live in the present Pam. But you know, that was that experience, although I didn't recognize it at a time at the time is a huge part of my story. And, you know, I couldn't, I can't look at any one particular life experience and classify it as either good or bad felt horrible at the time for years, but I continued on that journey, asking myself those deep questions. What is the purpose of life? What is the meaning of life? You know, we come into this world with nothing and leave with nothing. And in between, there's all this hustle and bustle and amassing possessions and building wealth and all of this. And, and then, you know, again, we, we leave with nothing and like, there has to be more, what is, what is going on? And so again, deep philosophical questions, conversations with higher powers, et cetera, that soul work continued all while I was was continuing to raise my family, was able to have more kids. So I have two boys, two girls now, um, but also what I talk openly about during those years. So my husband and I were growing apart. And so we were kind of like in that drift, weren't making conscious choices to invest in our marriage. 
And we ended up in marriage counseling and decided to go down the path of divorce, which was not something I took lightly. You know, we both came from Catholic families. Nobody else in our family was divorced. And, you know, I had, um, I was held back for a while, a long time, years actually, because of fear. You know, I was, I was fearful about what I would be stepping into. How would I rebuild my life? How, what would I do professionally? How would I tend to my own healing, my kids healing? How would we manage logistics, you know, for kids? going in a million different directions, yeah. playing unpaid Uber driver in between yeah. playing chef and all that. You know yeah. what I mean? It, was, it yeah. was crazy. It was dizzying. But finally, you know, one day I just took a leap of faith and I had no choice other than to surrender. And that's yeah. such a big piece of my story is just truly surrendering. I had no idea what my future was going to look like, but I just said, you know what? It is this real reality that I was living in was too incredibly cumbersome and so I had no choice other than to take that leap of faith and trust. And, um, and, you know, I said, all I have to do is, is I know it sounds like cliche to use this phrase, but like one day at a time and show up with an open mind and an open heart and just trust that the universe will partner with me on this journey. And I made a conscious choice to allow the experience of divorce to be a transformative event in my life rather than, you know, the stigma event yeah. of you know, siloed and, you know, or separatism and animosity and contentiousness and blame and all of that ugliness that society conditions us to associate with divorce. So took that the higher road of what can I learn from this? What can this teach me? And how can I transmute this experience into a gift for humanity? So it was really the first experience, my loss, where I started to kind of fill up my pictures, if you will. And, you know, with my knowledge, universal wisdom, all of that, you know, the universe working through me and my life experiences yeah. and the divorce was the event, that, you know, the universe said, okay, it's time to uncork this bottle. Now it's time to share this experience with the world. And which is when I founded my business podcast book, all of that. Yeah. Live authentically. I love that. Well, what a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that for everybody. It's, it's amazing. You kind of sparked interest, um, you know, a thought where, uh, how, when we're in the midst of that fear, right. Of, of wanting to let go, it's like, we, we cling to like our mind and our thoughts, like a life raft, right? Like if we're like, if we let go of this, we're somehow going to drown. When, right. what I love about your story is you said, you know, when I surrendered, which is essentially letting go and what you're, it's not an inactivity. It's not inaction. It's not passivity. It's your letting go of, of the fear that's preventing you from taking a higher step. And that's how I love how you illustrated that in your story. So thank you for, for sharing that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Surrender was just such a big piece. There was just a shift one day and I just, I truly felt taken care of. You know, I felt that, you know, I knew the universe had my back and, and like, I believe anyone can do this regardless yeah. of what their reality is, no matter, you know, what kind of rock bottom they feel like in their in the midst of, I believe that anyone can do this, but I have to say, you know, it is a choice. Again, it is a choice to, to do the work. And there were days that I literally had conversations with myself in the mirror, like Pam, no one's coming to save you. Okay. No one's yeah. coming to rescue you. This yeah. is up to you to do the work. Yes. You have other professionals. You can have people, you know, you can kind of have your team, your tribe around you, but you're the one that has to do the heavy lifting. And I had those real, you know, raw conversations, those tough love conversations with myself in the mirror. My kids were probably like, mom's talking to herself again, but you know, that's what I needed to do. I needed to get myself through that and like be my own coach and, give myself that like tough love, you know, pep talk. And, um, and again, just I, my whole um, narrative changed, you know, yeah. the, the program running in my mind every moment, you know, we were in the middle of like meetings, divorce meetings. And I had to 
tap into my higher self and say, yeah. you know, you're in lower vibrational emotions and, mm-hmm. you know, how can you extend compassion and empathy and forgiveness and all of those, again, those higher vibrational energies um, in that moment. Yeah. I love that. Is that. You know, don't you think that's the reason why we actually have willpower? I mean, we use willpower for a lot of other things in our lives, but I mean, isn't that, I, I, I kind of think of you hearing your story that reminds me of just using willpower to, as you said, make the choice, right? Yeah. And that's using the willpower to make the higher choice mm-hmm. and not necessarily the lower choice. What do you think about that as terms of willpower? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, you know, willpower is just a, such a strong, strong force in our lives. And, and this is something that we can weave into our lives every single day, and no matter what we do, you know, and I have to buck my own current all the time. You know, sometimes I'll go to the fridge and be like, oh, there's a cookie sitting there. But, yeah. you know, I have to, again, that program kicks in. What is in, what is in my highest good? No, vibrationally speaking, energetically speaking, health wise, you know, from an alkalinity, you know, biochemistry standpoint, like it's better for me to make a different choice. And so every single moment. And so, you know, people have commented before about when I, you know, when I started, when I embarked on the physical fitness, you know, path lifestyle, I mean, this was not something, you know, I didn't always lift. I didn't always, you know, have exercise as part of my lifestyle. I went through a major physical transformation as well, but, you know, people would, you know, my trainer commented like, oh, you latched on to this so quickly. And, you know, we, we talked a lot about, the idea of being disciplined and being consistent. And again, just bucking that's the, that's this whole journey is like bucking your own current, right. It's getting out of your own way. And, um, and I think that's just, it's important for people, I think, to be aware of. And I, you know, that was a big piece of, of my story too, is just learning. It's, it's all up to me. You know, I have the power within me every single moment to make a choice. There are everything we do, whether it's who we surround ourselves with, the conversations we have, how we spend our free time, what we, what we decide to eat, you know, it all either fuels our growth and evolution or it works against it. Right. And so if you anchor on like that deep seated, why that's what will help with willpower, right? Like, why is it important to me to eat healthy? Well, because I want to live a long life. I want to be here with my kids, my family for a long time to enjoy experiences. You know, I want to be here to serve my clients, my, you know, community, et cetera, for like decades to come. I totally want to completely like overturn, you know, play a role in overturning, you know, longevity and, and show that by making the conscious choices every single day that, you know, we don't have to fall victim to statistics. You know, we can, we can actually rewrite statistics by taking a more conscious approach. Yeah. You're either going to have a headwind or a tailwind at a future point in your life. Right. And so what I hear you saying is just like making these conscious choices using willpower now is going to give you a headwind or a tailwind. Right. And if it's like later on for your health, if you want to live for longevity to be able to have with your kids or your grandkids or whatever that looks like for whatever it is, you know, making the choices today is going to give you more of that tailwind later on, at least the healthier choices. And that you see the same thing. I know you work with a lot of business clients, um, with, uh, with live authentically, but like, it's, it's almost like this stair step people, have this and when they first kind of tiptoe into spirituality or personal growth, whatever word makes sense for them, um, is that it's going to be like, I'm going to get this plan and it's going to be easy. And then life's going to get easy. And the reality is, is like, it's, there's a, there's an element. What gets actually easy is you not getting all bottled up with the emotions or the thoughts, but it doesn't mean life itself actually just gets easier. However, you get more in harmony with things. And I know that you have a lot of that work you have a quote, which I love. It says one energetically aligned person can accomplish more in one year thon some, 
year than someone who is not aligned can accomplish in a hundred. You unpack that for us. Yeah, absolutely. So this journey is all about alignment. And I think so, so many times we're so focused on effort and hours and yeah, I'm all about slaying it. I mean, I love to work hard, but you know, there's way more power in alignment. There is a tremendous amount of leverage in alignment. And what does that mean? That means doing life your way. It's living the authentic life. It's asking yourself the questions like, what is, what matters to me most? What is important to me? What are my core values? You know, what do I want my legacy to be? How does this feel? You know, our bodies, our minds, our spirits know if something is in harmony with who we are, if it's an integrity with who we are, if it isn't, it's learning to speak our truth. It's learning to have boundaries. It's learning to say no and not feel guilty about it. I mean, I could go on and on and on about the ways to be aligned but that's when we can move faster, have more momentum in our lives, more peace. It's just that, you know, we're conditioned to think it's all about like the effort and there is no amount of man hours. There's no amount of people hours that could possibly ever make up for a lack of alignment. And that's why I will preach this to the day. I've done (laughs) all about alignment. It's all about making those choices that feel right to you and who you are. Could you give me an example in the business setting or maybe in your personal life um, or maybe with one of your clients you've worked with as an example of getting a more in alignment and how it speeds up things? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the main areas that I work with executives on is is time, right? Is, a, you know, one of the main things people say is, you know, I don't have enough time. And so it's, and we start to unpack that, you know, well, tell me what your day looks like. And, you know, more often than not, what I what I find is that, executives aren't making, they're not prioritizing their own well-being, their own health and wellness. They're attending to everyone and everything else first. And I just wrote an article last week, you know, while Warren Buffett, this is a quote I use all the time. He says, the best investment you'll ever make is the investment in yourself. And so that's a nod towards alignment. I mean, that's making a case for being aligned, filling up your picture, investing in your mind, body, and spirit. And so what I find is, you know, when people start to make that shift and say, okay, fine, I'm I'm finally going to try what you've been preaching from day one. I'm going to just get up and work out in the morning. Or I say, you know, give yourself like an hour, hour and a half in the morning of just you time, schedule that in and then every, let everything else fill in or fill in around that. I mean, I just got a text from one of my clients yesterday. He's like, I feel so freaking awesome, <laughs> you know, and, and, he, and so, but awesome. he, Yeah. And it was, it's amazing. And so that's a shift towards alignment. And so now he is bringing a different energy to his clients and his businesses. And he's feeling, you know, he's really tapped into his innate power and he's just, he's less, he's more, now he's getting in front of the day, right? Mm -hmm. He's, he's not being reactive and stressed and bogged down by everything. Cause he's realizing that, you know, he's like, I I realized that, you know, I'm always going to have myself. If I invest in myself, I'm, I'm always going to have me, you know, all all of this stuff, other stuff could just disappear in a moment's notice, but I'm always going to have me. And so I see these light bulbs start to go on during people's journeys. And, and I will also say though, that those shifts have to happen on the individual's timetable. You know, these are things I preach from day one, and I don't expect people to latch on to them from day one. Like say no, you know, you don't have to book the 10th meeting today. Like life, the world is not going to fall off its axis. Um, <laughs> there, you know, you'll have another opportunity to come up. tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so, 
that people aren't ready, especially, you know, patterning is hard to undo, right? Patterning that we've been following for decades. I know, I mean, I've had to redo a lot of my programs and, and things that I follow, but I believe also that you can never underestimate the power of planting a seed. Yeah. So, you know, I'm planting the seeds all the while and, and when they're ready at whatever point that is in their journey. And that's depending on, you know, their own life experiences. One day they just wake up and they say, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to live this way anymore. And then, um, and I start to see, that's when I start to see huge shifts. And then they're experience life with more peace and more ease and, you know, just learning that while they're doing obviously really important high level work that, you know, I help them anchor on the deeper purpose, the deeper meaning and stop like, again, getting out of that, like reaction mode and, and realizing that if we focus on ourselves, then we can get into alignment and that has way more leverage. I love that. What a great example. You know, Roman Maharshi talks about when you plant a seed, the seed has to burst in order for the flame, the flower to come up. Right. And it's kind of, you kind of use that analogy. It's like, you have to almost be willing to burst your own shell in order to do it. Right now, our kids, you may not have them. And I think your kids are older. My kids have um, caterpillars right now. And so we're growing caterpillars to become butterflies. And I think it's such a great spiritual example because obviously the caterpillar goes into a curriculum and then all of a sudden it bursts from there into a butterfly and, but it doesn't know what's going into it. So it's kind of those great examples of that. Um, When you talk about, uh, Oh, sorry. Do you want to jump in there? No, I just said it sure is. Yeah. I love that. I love so many lessons when you, when you brought that up, I was thinking so many opportunities for deep spiritual lessons there. Yeah. Yeah, there really are. Um, you know, you said like that you're, you kind of made the reference where clients um, start to realize that they have a you that's left, right? That's you that's left. And it kind of reminded me of two things. One, you have in business, you have the investment into you so that even if your company goes, you still have all that investment. That's why people that if they go bankrupt at some point, they can build it back faster than they have before because they may have gotten into a long-term contract that they couldn't get out of, that they couldn't kind of resurface that, but they've learned all that. And so the investment comes into them or whether that's in sports and you really good, you can go from, from team to team because you bring a whole level of energy and, and, um, professionalism to your sport. I think it's the same thing with you too. And get your thoughts on this in terms of creating the best relationship inside, because that's the only one that you're really going to have. I mean, nobody has a, a larger relationship than the one that you have inside, which is listening to that voice or whatever it is. So, um, what are your thoughts about that in terms of creating the best, you know, working on you, which is also working on you in the physical world and working on you in that being world, because the only one that the relationship that really matters is the one with you and whether that's you and God, whether it's you in consciousness, whatever that word makes sense. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I always say the best relationship is, or the most important relationship in your life is the relationship between you and you. I mean, that is really the place from which everything else in your life stems. Isn't it? Yeah. And it, it truly is. And the um, the analogy that I use to exemplify or to, to illustrate that is, is a tree, right? I mean, you, the relationship between you and you, that's the trunk of the tree. And then all of the branches are represent the other areas of your life. Like if you're in a, you know, a romantic relationship, the relationship you have with your kids, your careers, your friendships, you know, your hobbies, all of that, those are all branches of the tree. So to the extent the trunk isn't solid and receiving all of the nutrients and support, et cetera, that it needs, unless that's really strong, then all of the other branches are going to, they can only be as strong as the trunk is. So um, I wholeheartedly agree. And I've experienced that in my own life. Like as I, if I felt like I was plateauing or needed to get out of a rough patch, whatever, I'd pour it back into me and then 
everything starts to shift, but we have to do the work from the inside out. Yeah. And I think a lot of people end up in that analogy that you're walking us through, end up trying to water the leaves instead of actually watering their roots. And they're wondering why they don't actually change their, their, that could, the example could be, you know, manipulating people, places and things or outside things to try to get everything right out there so that they don't, so they don't have to deal with what's inside versus actually just watering or nurturing the real relationship within you, which then you can bring that into work, into a relationship or into whatever activity that you do. Yeah, precisely. And, um, you know, it's a scary place to go. I will say, you know, that working on that relationship, getting real raw, it does, it takes a radical level of accountability of vulnerability. And, you know, those, when we talk about energies, those lower vibrational energies, they have more of a pull, you know, they have a more of a gravitational pull because that's what we're surrounded by. You know, there's a lot of negativity, whether we turn on the news or, you know, it's easier to, you know, people are just kind of conditioned to be pulled towards, gossip or, you know, get engaged in, you know, misery stacking, but, you know, you really do have to, again, buck your current, go against the grain and, you know, do the work. And that's, it's a hard place to go. And so, you know, taking that first step and recognizing that, Hey, that, you know, maybe, maybe my reality is truly because decisions that I've made and I'm willing to do the work. And that takes people a hard time, you know, a while to get to sometimes, you know, that first step to making the change, but, um, you know, once yeah. people do, then they start to associate the new choices they're making with how they're feeling. I mean, that's really the whole guide here is like yeah. angry and how you feel. And they think, oh, I, I feel better. You know, maybe I'll do a little bit more of that. But yeah, yeah it definitely is. It requires a lot of heavy lifting. I, uh, it hasn't been all butterflies and rainbows for me. That's for sure. I spent, uh, yeah, there's the whole, there's the ugly side of spiritual awakening yeah. too, right? It's the, yeah. that's, that's what authenticity is. It's about re- being real. It's about, it's, you know, like showing up with like positive quotes all the time and, oh, just put a smile on your face and carry on like that's BS. Nobody wants to hear that. That's not how life is, right? So it's about accepting the wholeness of who we are, all of our flaws, our, you know, perfect imperfections, everything. And then that takes work, you know, doing the shadow work, integrating like the darker side of us, but realizing that that's what makes us unique and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, there's nobody better at being you than you. And I, and, and I, lo- I love how you just talk about the, the, the depth of spirituality because it's way more harder than anybody ever thinks it is. And as I actually think it's even harder, even when you first, at least from my own experience, when you first start to go down that path, you don't realize how actually difficult it is until you start unwinding everything. But then when you're so far deep in there, there's no way you can go back. And so therefore the only way to keep going is you're just like, you know, I'm going to show up and see what personal growth I get to have today. Right. <laughs> it's just, it gets really, really intense. And you're like, man, does it just, you know, there's, is it, is it growth end today? Right. Like it's just one of those Uh things, but it is really, really difficult. And I know you've taken a lot of people through that. And it's just, when people start getting into it, they're like, no, this is difficult. And you're, you're sitting there watching from observer going, you don't even know yet. And then a Uh year into this, they're going, nobody told me it was going to be this hard, but they get to a point, like you said, where they can't not, not do it anymore because they, they just one second open that up to see what life should be like, not even like could, but it should be. It's just like you take off a jacket and you see somebody's shirt, right? It's already there. It's just, we've got to uncover that from there. What is your morning, you know, to kind of set yourself up for your day? What is your morning routine or your day look like right now? So, um, you know, I used to subscribe to the idea of a routine. I used to be more, you know, to kind of have a list and do certain things in the morning, but sure. now Actually, that's sort of evolved and I'm loving where I'm at right now. And again, this is always, as I learn and grow, I'm always adapting and I'm always just asking myself what I need. 
So rather than following a regimented routine, and I know that that works really, really well for some people and it served me for a long time. So I actually just set aside time for myself in the morning, like hour, hour and a half. And I just dedicated to me, it's Mm -hmm. me time. And I operate from a place of inspiration. And so I do within that time, whatever I feel inspired to do, whatever I feel like my soul needs, my mind needs, my body needs. Sometimes it's, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go crank out a workout this morning. And sometimes it's, you know, I'm going to, I'm feeling inspired to write. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I just sit and see what ideas come to me. Sometimes I bake cookies for my kids because I love how that makes me feel, you know, putting in myself in that place of service and, and bringing joy to my kids' lives. So, so, you know, that's where, that's where I am right now. And I'm, I'm actually really in a, in a groove with operating from that place of inspiration. Cause I, I firmly believe there's, there's nothing that we have to do. There's nothing that we ought to do. There's nothing that we should do. It's only that which we are inspired to do. And, we, and when we are tapped in fully to our inspiration, that's that creative energy from which the universe was created, all of that. I mean, that's when we can really, really get into that space and really make a lot of impact. So having a lot of fun with my morning, morning right now. I, I wouldn't mind so. some cookies too. I mean, that's wonderful. It's a wonderful way to start the day. And I love that you just, you, but you block the time off. So I think if anybody takes it and they hear that, it's just like whatever works for you. And that could be a regimen routine that could just be, but what your regimen on is blocking the time off and then whatever is going to be there. So I think that's important for structurally you have, you've set aside and you don't, you don't break on that time for you to invest into you, which I think is really important. And I love, and then whatever you do with it almost is irrelevant. It's kind of that inspiration. When you think of inspiration, um, is it, uh, it's not really more of like a mind generated thought, but it's more of a visceral feel with the flow. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, sure. Um, I spend a lot of time in solitude. I actually am able to draw that inspiration because I spend a lot of time by myself, even in a household with four kids, including, you know, three teens, lots of hustle and bustle. Like that is really, really important to me. And I think that's something really important for, for many leaders to do. It is just a feeling. It's just about being connected. I believe that one of the best things anyone can do, regardless of who you are, um, is to be connected to who you truly are. And so I spend time by myself. That doesn't mean I'm meditating on a rock for half the day. Like nobody has time for that. Right. But you know, it's just about just thinking, just doing things that I love being in creative spaces and anything really counts as creative energy. As long as we're not following a regimented formulaic approach to something, you know, just do what you enjoy doing, going in the you know kitchen, cooking, you know, playing music, whatever it is. And then I just see where I feel the pull. You're right. It is more of a feel. It's not like, it's not a mind you know, generated. What it, what it, yeah. Yeah, not mind, yeah. mind generated. You're right. Yeah. I love that. What does spirituality mean to you, Pam? Spirituality mean to me? That's a great question. Spirituality to me is a couple things. Um, if I had to sum it up most concisely, it would be a practice of being fully present, yeah. which is really where we started, where you started the conversation about that whole idea of awareness. It's just whatever you're doing, just be there, right? If I'm having a conversation with you, like I'm here, this is where I am. I'm not worried about what's what's on my calendar next. I'm not thinking about what happened this morning. It's about being fully present and truly appreciating the moment and, and understanding it's about also, it's about crafting our own belief system based on our own life experiences. And I think that that's, you know, that's something we can all do. We can ask ourselves, you know, what, what have my life experiences tried to teach me? And it's just, again, a practice, like I said, of being aware and present is the best way I can sum it up. 
That's great. Are you afraid of death? Such a great question. I am actually not afraid of death. I'm actually not afraid of death. I used to be deathly. I used to be like very, very scared of death. I used to be a hypochondriac. I used to think that I used to catastrophize about health things. For example, like, you know, I have a headache. That must mean I I'm going to die of brain cancer. I mean, it was a very real, real thing for me. And, um, I believe that we truly start living, you know, the day we truly start like really living, really enjoying the fullness of the human experience is the day that we accept that death is part of life. You know, it's a natural part of the, of the process. And when we welcome it and when we accept it and when we embrace it, that's what can really inspire us. I mean, that can really drive those moments of inspiration. Like, you know, that's the passage of time, right? I mean, I only, we only have a finite number of days on this earth. So why waste them, right? Why waste them in negativity and, and, you know, drama and unproductiveness and addictions and all of that, like the unproductive stuff, like we're here to enjoy, to love, to learn, to grow. And, you know, time is such a gift, you know, that I firmly believe that that is the most precious asset we'll ever have is time, right? And that's something we can never get back. Like we talked about, you know, you can, you can lose things, go bankrupt, Mm -hmm. like you can always get, we can harness that power from within. We can always get more money. We can never go back and get more time. And so the idea of death actually really does inspire me. It inspires me because I, you know, I just want to make my human experience full of as much meaning and depth and substance as I possibly can impact as many lives as I can. And I would never want to look back. That's the thing I do think about the idea of death and, you know, the idea of like, I I think there, I can't think of a more crushing blow than for someone to be at the end of life on their deathbed and realize that they had spent their life chasing the wrong things or things that didn't matter to them having regrets. And so I like to live with that mentality with that very real, you know, idea alive in my mind of, you know, am I okay? Am I okay with how I'm showing up today within every aspect of my life? Like if today's kind of a morbid thought, but it's part of what's, what lights my fire. It's it's real, right? Am I okay with how I left my kids when they went, Mm -hmm. you know, when they went to school, am I okay with all the different relationships I have in my life? And um, so no, as a, you know, to answer your question, I am not afraid of death. Yeah, and I appreciate I you asking that. Yeah. You know, the, um, I set aside time every night before I go to bed and I, it, you don't make it a thing. I just, before I go to bed and I always ask myself, um, and I kind of didn't ask, but just remind myself that like, Hey, you're one day closer to death. And mm-hmm. going back to the question that you asked is how do you want to feel? What do you want to real? what do you really want? And I think it's just as that it's, again, it's not a morbid thought, just like you said, it's more of just being real and awareness that we're all every day that goes by, you're one day closer to death. Mm -hmm. And as you're doing that, then it kind of just gives you that more of that. Okay. Then, then how, how do I want to live? How do I want to feel? Right. And and those questions, then you kind of, you can do in the morning, you can do it at night. You just kind of just don't make a thing. Just you can do in the middle of the day, but that kind of bring that awareness in there. There's a lot of yogis that used to go around um, with, with the the thought and they used to teach this Eastern philosophy of like uh, a sword suspended above their head hang on by like a, uh, a thread of a spider, which at any point in time, it can be cut. And they walked around like that with that awareness of death to allow them to actually experience life today. Ooh, I love that. I love awesome. that. Awesome. Well, Pam, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I love your insights. I love who you are as a human and, and all the good that you're doing in the world. So just thank you for sharing uh, all that you did with us. And I know our listeners are going to love this. So where do people follow you if they want to learn more? 
the best place is my website. So liveauthentically.today is a one-stop shop. I've got my podcast there, my blogs, um, some content and links to contact me if you'd like to get in contact. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate who you are. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, before you go today, I want to give a shout out to everyone who has left us a review. It really makes a huge impact and helps us spread the word about our podcast. This review is from ES Dunn. Love to listen to Adam and Hallie's podcast. I'm always inspired and challenged to change and be a better person. Love that. I love the positivity and that they share their successes, I would add, and our failures with their listeners. So thank you so much for that review, ES Dunn. We really look forward to reading these every time they come in. So thanks again.